Welcome to Reflections from the Heart, presented by Stewardship, a mission of faith. Reflections from the Heart is an outreach of Gospel Reflection, a family ministry of Stewardship, a mission of faith. For the next 30 minutes, please join us as we break open the bread of life in the Gospel reading for this Sunday's Mass, as we invite the same Holy Spirit who inspired the biblical writers to inspire us today. And now, here is your host with Reflections from the Heart. Welcome everyone to another session of Reflections from the Heart. My name is David Abel. Today I'm joined by Cameron Norris. Welcome, Cameron. Thank you so much. Awesome, awesome. If everybody would take a moment and get their Bibles, we're going to turn to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 5, verses 13 through 16. Before we break open the bread of life, let me just invite the Holy Spirit in to help us see where to see, hear where to hear, and then put it into action. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Come, Holy Spirit, into our hearts and enkindle our hearts, the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, and we shall be created, and you shall renew the face of the earth. Father, your Holy Spirit is the gift that you've entrusted to us to give us the eyes to see, the ears to hear, and then hearts to be overflowing with your love, your mercy, and your grace. So we invite the Holy Spirit into this meeting to help us to see, to hear, and then, through your grace, put it into action. In Jesus' most precious name we pray, amen. Amen. And the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. And Cameron, do you mind giving us a little gospel love? It would be my honor. Again, we are in the book of Matthew, chapter 5, verses 13 through 16. Jesus said to his disciples, You are the salt of the earth, but if salt loses its taste, with what can it be seasoned? It is no longer good for anything but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A city set on a mountain cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and then put it under a bushel basket. It is set on a lampstand where it gives light to all in the house, just so your light must shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your heavenly Father. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Wow, what a powerful little gospel reading. Jesus is talking to each and every one of us as his disciples. He's telling us, claim your identity in me. Claim your identity in Christ. He's telling us, you are the salt. You are the light. It's, you know, your light will shine before others. It's all about what God wants to do in us, with us, and through us. And so it's like, whoa, I'm all in. But for what purpose? It's at the end to glorify your heavenly Father. This salt, which we look at and we think, oh, you know, that flavors food, it preserves things. And so we look at the salt and we say, well, what am I, how am I salt in the earth? Your salt in the earth comes from Isaiah, chapter 58, verses 7 through 10. And this is what the Lord tells us this salt's all about. It's about works of love. Share your bread with the hungry. Shelter the oppressed and the homeless. Clothe the naked when you see them. And do not turn your back on your own. Then your light shall break forth like the dawn, and your wound shall quickly be healed. So for me, it's all about works of love. 
God wants us to be these instruments of his mercy, his compassion, his heart in the world through the works of love that he's prepared for us from the beginning of the world. So me, I'm all in. Use me, Father, for your purpose. Let your light shine from me and give me those good works every day, those works of love, so that you can receive all honor, all glory, and all praise. That's so good. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. It, it's an example because it's easy to be able to see like, um, okay, you want to season a steak with salt, you pick up the salt and you sprinkle it on. But how does that apply to our inner world to be salt? And, and I'm thinking of um, even things that happened yesterday. I think we're, we're met each day with moments where um, if we're open to that nudge, that still quiet, small voice of, of the Holy Spirit in us that lives in us, um, I think sometimes salt and light looks like an encouraging word to somebody. And we don't know where somebody else is at. We don't know how somebody's day, week, month, what the last text message they were just reading. We don't know where they're at. But those nudges are so critical. I, 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 think, I think it's beautiful that he wants us to play a role in the things he wants to do. And I'm thinking of two examples from yesterday. It's just taking 20 seconds to pause and recognize something that somebody did and it, encouragement. We, and you leave those moments like, Lord, that was beautiful. I, I didn't know. You know, it's, it, it wasn't on my agenda for the day. And, and I, just to be transparent, one, one of them was as simple as, for whatever reason, I got to overhear uh, one of the employees I work with, they were on the phone with somebody else. And the way that they handled that phone call, it, it was really great. So, and I think they usually shut their door when they have those conversations, but for whatever reason, their door was open. And the first time I felt the nudge to just go tell them, great job on the phone, I was like, ah, <laughs> no. But then it didn't go away. So I was like, okay, yeah, you're right. Who doesn't want an encouraging word? And I went over, I'm telling you, there was like, Tears, just just the recognition of, hey, just heard your phone call and the way you handled yourself, that was excellent. I said, I couldn't hear the other person on the other line, but thank you for representing us well. And it was like a time. And, and then later on in the day, I ran into that person again and they were like, just commenting on how, how that kind of changed their day. Wow. And it was like, Lord... Only you, only your goodness there. But that, but that's that salt. That's that light. Like, like, how do we apply that to today? It, I think it's important to recognize His voice, and when it's His voice, to be obedient. And yeah, it, it, oftentimes His voice sounds like encouragement. Wow. And you know, a friend of ours was was sharing about salt. Salt in its pure state doesn't lose its flavor. Wow. It's only when the impurities of the world, iodine and other things are injected into it, those other minerals, that within a five-year period, salt loses its taste. Wow. So I think for each and every one of us, it's important to understand 
We need to make sure that the world doesn't penetrate into our hearts and that we don't become worldly because it will rob and steal the, our taste, that, that the taste wow. of God's pure, unconditional love. So I think, I mean, there's no mistakes why God uses and Jesus uses these metaphors and using salt. So for me, man, I can't let the impurities of the world rob and steal the glory that's due my heavenly father. So let me be a vessel out there, Lord, to do your will. And I love when you go back to Isaiah, which is the complimentary Old Testament verse that's part of Sunday's mass readings. You know, it's it's talks about this divine intimacy with the father, the same intimacy that Jesus had. You know, Jesus came to do one thing and one thing only, the will of the father. Jesus only spoke what the father wanted him to speak. So for me, I want what Jesus had and has, because I think for me, that intimate relation with the Father, Daddy, Abba, is so critical for each of us. So we claim our identity in Christ, and then we become those lights in the world. Because it's not our light, it's Christ's light shining in us, with us, and through us. You know, and so we go back to the, the again, the reading in Isaiah, and it's at the end where it says, here I am, and here's what's key, if you remove from your midst oppression false accusation, malice speech. If you bestow on the hungry your bread and satisfy the afflicted, then shall rise in you in the darkness and the gloom shall become for you like midday. For me, this word if is our active participation in being those vessels of God's bountiful, unconditional love in the world, his mercy, his compassion. So for me, I'm all in, Lord. Here I am. And then the Father says, so call on me. I'll help you. This morning I got up. I'm like, I can't do it, Father. I'm exhausted. I'm beat. Work till 1030. I'm done. I can't do it. I got to be at this meeting at 730. Can't do it. I said, I need your help. Well, guess what? I got this nudge to have your first cup of coffee. I did. At seven o'clock, I got another nudge that says, let's go jump in the shower. So I did. And you know what? I think it was two minutes late for my 7.30 meeting, wow. and the meeting was off the charts. But that's what God the Father wants us to do. Call on him and then thank him. Wow. Thank you, Father, for that strength. Thank you, Father, for getting me up, getting me dressed, and getting me to that meeting on time. Wow, it's awesome. And all of these little stories we're talking about, it, it's this last sentence, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your heavenly Father. So part of that is... They could see the good deeds and glorify Him, but I think it's also important for us, whether we start our day with time with Him, we end our day, or both, or throughout the day, um, all of these heavenly kisses, I, I, I think it's a special time with the Father when we get together with Him and we thank Him. Just as a natural father having kids, I love hearing the words thank you from my kids. I think he also gets to enjoy hearing thank you from us. And and part of saying thank you is just that recognition of where it came from, right? Like if I go to the store in the morning and get some donuts and bring them to my kids, when they say thank you, it's also part of it is them recognizing, hey, you did this for me or you, you were thinking of me. It, so I, I think part of thanking him is this last sentence of, and glorify your heavenly Father. It, it could be as simple as a thank you. Hey, I didn't have that on my agenda today, but I see where you showed up. 
Uh, thank you for showing up there. It it went a different direction because you you I saw your hand at work there. I think those are times where I don't know how else to explain it. It's just a precious moment of the recognition and and glorifying your heavenly Father. To me, most times looks like thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for the gift of today, for the breath that we're breathing, for your direction, for the right questions to ask somebody at the right time to get to the bottom of something. Um, yeah, I, I think it's I think it's beautiful. Yeah, and you know that that uh, intimacy with the Father is just phenomenal. And for me, I want to continue to go back to the Father, continue to ask Him. And when I ask Him, and He does these things, it's like, oh my goodness. I can't believe he just did this. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. So again, our life becomes this great adventure when we invite the Father along. Take him hunting, take him fishing, invite him along. So my spiritual director, Monsignor John S. if anybody knows him, is pretty profound. And so one day when I was up for spiritual direction, he said to me, Tommy David, what's your biggest sin? And I'm like, oh boy, Monsignor, I think it's this, <laughs> I think it's that, I think it's this. He said, no. Your biggest sin is self-sufficiency. You think you can do it, wow. and you don't ask for God's help. Wow. And I went, wow, you know what? You're right. But see, that is a grave mortal sin, self-sufficiency. I did it. I did it. The center of sin, S-I-N, the center of pride, P-R-I-D-E. It's no accident or coincidence. Too many times we think we can do it, we don't include the Father, and then guess what? We pat ourselves on the back. We take the credit. Whereas when we live that life, walking in the pathway to heaven of paved with the uh, stepping stones of humility, I didn't do it. The Father did it. I didn't get that good idea. That was an inspiration, divine inspiration from the Holy Spirit. When we attribute all things like that to the Father, to the Holy Spirit, to the Lord Jesus Christ working in us, with us, and through us, that's the abundant life. That's freedom because we're surrendered. I don't have to do it. But thank you, Father, for choosing to do it in me, with me, and through me. I love it. So going back to the verses here, it says, nor do they light a lamp and then put it under a bushel basket. So I'm picturing a bushel basket getting put over top of a light. Um, here, I'll just finish the sentence. It says, it is set on a lampstand where it gives light to all in the house. I think it's easy to be guilty of putting the light under a bushel basket. You think of this room, we're having this conversation where we're opening up the bread of life. It's kind of like we're in a bushel basket here or, or where you go on a Sunday morning. It's kind of like you're huddling up under a bushel basket. Those moments are precious. Those moments are important. But this is referring to take the bushel basket off and get up on the lampstand where you can shine light to people that need it, right? A city set on a hill. It's like, um, you know, it, it might repel some, but it attracts some as well. And I think getting out of the bushel basket is when we take this to the marketplace, when we take this to work with us, when we take this to a conversation with your neighbors, when we take this to our interactions with people at the grocery store or other parents when we're watching our kids at a sporting event, something like that. I think this is this is bigger than what we do when we huddle up, so to speak, under the bushel basket. 
just say that's that's a, maybe a, a church gathering or a or a a devotional time or a Bible study or a gospel reflection group, right? Um, which I think are all tremendous. I think they're awesome things. But this is saying don't don't leave the light under the basket. There, the the light has to get out there, um, and sometimes it doesn't look like what we thought it might look like. But yeah, I'm thinking of a couple of stories here. There's just so many heavenly kisses where it, you can look back and be, and just have the thought process of, wow, Lord, that was you at work that whole time. And and yes, we, we played a role, but it was really that obedience of, of being at the right place at the right time. He, he, I think there's plenty of times where he's doing stuff with us or through us that we're maybe conscious of 10% of it, mm-hmm. but the other things that he's doing in those moments, uh, as we're staying obedient, we, we might not ever see what he was doing. And then there's other times where I think there's another percentage where we get to reflect on it and say, whoa, that was you. That, you, you were doing that the whole time. Yeah, and I think it's so important also, God is telling us, our Lord Jesus Christ, you are, you are. We got to claim our identity in Christ. We are precious sons and daughters of the Heavenly Father. Stop, say it, repeat it, know it in your heart. We are precious sons and daughters of the Heavenly Father. In through and with Jesus Christ, He melded us with the Father as his adopted sons and daughters. So for me, claiming that identity in Christ, do you know who my Father is? <laughs> is, <laughs> is so very, very important. And then don't be afraid. Stop. You know, it says, you know, be not afraid, I think, 365 times in the Bible, probably for once for every day of the week, is so that we're not held back and we truly perform these acts of love, which absolutely touch and pierce the heart. Like salt brings out the flavor in food, so too our works of love enter into human hearts and they go, whoa, that was a feel-good moment. Whoa, that's a, you know, I could do something like that. Whoa, you actually did that? Wow. you. So I think it's also important. It says that they may see your good deeds. We need to share our God stories, not what I did, but what God God chose to do in me, with me, and through me, giving him all the credit, pointing to him as the source. Sharing these stories, these testimonies is so important because Jesus, he taught throughout the New New Testament in parables, real life stories, using real life events to teach heavenly realities. So for me, share your God moments, share your God stories, share your divine appointments, share your heavenly kisses, all of that is what pierces the heart. It marinates the heart, not with salt of earth, but with heavenly salt, works of love. Wow. Yeah, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your heavenly Father. So good deeds come when we're actually out there and doing things. This is not a sit at home and read your Bible and pray and stay huddled up in your in your quiet time, this is fruit is going to come from that. And that looks like something like good deeds looks like something. It's something tangible that people can actually recognize. 
So I think part of what we get to do every day is we get to bring good deeds to whatever the situation is. Um, I'm thinking of some of those things might be, I'm thinking of the tangibleness of good deeds. Sometimes it looks like what we were talking about at the beginning, like an encouraging word, but sometimes it's just subtleties. Sometimes it's just being kind to somebody's kids and they get to see that. And then over time, that relationship turns into a conversation about what's different about you guys? Or, hey, can I send my kids to church with your kids? Because your kids and, and, and our kids are not perfect. They're children, right? They're, they're young. We have three of them. They're nine years old and younger. But when somebody says, hey, your, ch- your kids go to church on Wednesday night. We don't go to church. Can I send my kid with your kid? I think it would be good for whatever's rubbing off on them to rub off on my kid. It's like, where did that conversation come from? Well, it came from, to be honest, my wife being kind to that wife for, for months and months and months. And it's like, you don't know what those good deeds, what the end result might be, but we get to take part in that every day. And, and it, yeah, I guess what I'm kind of getting at is good deeds actually looks like something. There's actually our, our participation, our, mm-hmm. it's deeds, it's, it's things we actually do. It's not just mm-hmm. head knowledge or theology or uh, it's actually what gets birthed out of that. What, when we leave a time of prayer and we go out wherever we're going, to the store, to a restaurant, to the workplace, it should look like something. You should be able to see that there's actually something being done. Um, yeah, and part of that is just how we treat other people. Yeah, and it really comes a matter of the heart because those good deeds come from the wellspring of our heart. And if we're truly in that right relationship with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and we truly are in that divine intimacy, then those good works, they just they just flow from us. They're natural. They're not, you know what I have to do today? Right. You know where I got to go today? You know what I got to do today? I got to go. I got to stop that. Yes. You know, like for me, I went to a, one of my best friend's funeral. He was a good friend, a mentor of mine, you know, and it was put in my heart to write a letter to his precious bride. But it went for like four months and I didn't do it. But one day I got the inspiration, today's the day. So I took my time, I sat at my desk, and this most beautiful letter of love came out for her husband and what he meant to me in my life and what she meant to me. And it was just precious. No intent other than to just send it four months later. Well, today, I just got a notice from a friend of ours, mutual friend. She got the letter. It pierced her heart. Wow. It touched her beyond belief. Because in the beginning, when it first happened, she got all kinds of calls, letters, but then those, I, with losing a daughter in a car accident, I know when those letters stop, when those calls stop, it gets real dark mm. and real lonely. So that letter came as a instrument of light in her life that went, it was like a refreshing moment. So when you get that inspiration to just stop, drop, and write a letter or make a phone call, do it. Those are inspirations. The word inspiration is in spiritos from Latin, means the spirit of God gave you a prompting. Follow through with it and do it. Don't question why. Don't question what am I going to get back. Just do it. Be that light. Be that salt that pierces the heart with a work of love. Wow. 
So that reminds me of a story I'll share here quickly. Um, I don't think we'll ever see the end results of this, but maybe I'll I'll reflect on this here with with this group um, a year from now. So recently this year, uh, we lost uh, one of the guys I went to college with, and I feel like there's a there's a big group of people who for whatever reason, they're coming to me saying, what can we do for his widow, for, for, you know, his wife and kids, you know, do they need funds or do they need? So just recently I asked her, Hey, I feel like there's people reaching out to me a different day, but Wednesday I can tell them if somebody just wants to put me on their schedule, it might be helping the kids with the homework. It might be get my kids out of my house. It might be cleaning. It might be cooking. It might be sitting and talking. And it was such a raw answer, like, yeah, you're right. That companionship, that adult conversation, and that, you know, she has two younger children. Um, So it was kind of cool. We had that moment, and then I was able to talk with our friend group because we just recently had had a gathering where a lot of people were coming together. And sure enough, the question came up, what, what can we do for them? I said, you know what? Um... I just talked with her about this. I'm going to make a calendar, and if everybody can commit to whatever it is, if you, if you or your, you know, the husband or wife can make it once a month, make it once a month. But between this friend group, we could have somebody visit with her at least once a week. So we put this calendar together, and it was beautiful. People were picking up dates, and so then kind of as a follow up to her it was hey here's the calendar here's who's coming no agenda right tell Mm us do you want to just sit on the couch and chat um so yeah it was a beautiful time part of that i think is is a good deed or a blessing to her but i think some of the fruit that we're going to see is the people that are doing the visiting what what's going to happen in their lives yep and again i go back to the, the book of isaiah Share your bread with the hungry. She's hungering for companionship, for friends. The greatest gift we can give is the gift of your life. Shelter the oppressed and the homeless. Clothe the naked when you see them. Don't turn your back on ones that are your own. Ladies and gentlemen, we're all called to be vessels of God's love, mercy, and compassion in the world. Every day, let's say our yes. Let's be all in. Let's look for those divine appointments, those opportunities to be Christ in the world, in through and with our uniqueness. May God bless each and every one of you. This world needs our light. God bless. Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, please consider participating in a Gospel Reflection Group. For more information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection Groups, or how to start a Gospel Reflection Group in your area, and to learn about all of the family of ministries, please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org or call us at 717-367-0100. Stewardship, a mission of faith, 
is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and depends on donations from people like you to make Reflections from the Heart possible. If you've enjoyed this broadcast, please prayerfully consider partnering with us by making a tax-deductible donation by visiting stewardshipmission.org or call us at 717-367-0100. On behalf of all of us at Stewardship, a mission of faith, thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him.